Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Highway Community Podcast, and thanks for joining us today on this Sunday after Christmas. I hope that you all had the merriest Christmas possible under the circumstances this year. Last week, we finished a series called No Stranger, The Beauty of God With Us, where we spent seven weeks looking together at both the story of Jesus' coming, as well as stories from his life that highlight his humanity, that highlight just how intimately Jesus understands our human experience because he came and dwelled among us and truly shared in that experience in every way. And we finished our series by looking at a story from the very beginning of Jesus's life, a story found in Luke chapter 2, where Mary and Joseph bring the baby Jesus to the temple to participate in some important ceremonies that were required by God's law. And as they came, waiting at the temple was a man named Simeon. The Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And Simeon had been waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. And at the prompting of the Holy Spirit, Luke says that he was at the temple looking for the Messiah. And when he saw Mary and Joseph, he swept the baby Jesus into his arms and burst into a song of praise because he knew that the Holy Spirit's promise had been fulfilled. He knew that that in the person of the baby Jesus, he had seen salvation. But Simeon didn't just see salvation in the present. He also saw the future of salvation. He looked at the baby Jesus and saw all of the division and tension and controversy that he would bring. He saw the suffering servant of Isaiah chapter 53. He saw the agony that Mary would go through as she watched her son pierced on the cross. But that final sacrifice that Jesus would make to redeem and restore the sin of humankind was ultimately the culmination of all of the sacrifices that he would make along the way as well. Jesus was no stranger to sacrifice. A sacrifice was at the very heart of his calling. It was at the very heart of the gift of love that he came to bring. And it's also at the heart of our calling as his followers. Our calling to love sacrificially in the way of Jesus. And this morning, uh, we are going to look together at a story that really shows us what it looks like to do that. It shows us what it looks like to love sacrificially. And it's found in Mark chapter 14. It was just a couple of days before the Passover, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were actively working to have Jesus arrested and killed. And so, suffice it to say, 
tensions were high. And Mark chapter 14, verse 3, says that while Jesus was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. But Jesus saw things very differently. He says in verse 6 of Mark 14, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Well, this is such a fantastic story. And this woman who comes to Jesus here while he's reclining at the home of a person known as Simon the leper shows us so much about what it looks like to live into our calling to love sacrificially. And the first thing that she shows us is that sacrificial love is costly. Sacrificial love is costly. Mark's description of the woman's gift here is powerful. She came to Jesus with an alabaster jar of perfume. And, and its value is evident both from the vessel as well as from the contents. Alabaster was a finely textured, translucent stone that in the ancient world was best known for preserving perfume. And, and jars like this one were used for the best stuff. They were used for the stuff that was truly worth preserving. And so the vessel itself that this woman came with would have communicated a lot about the contents. And the fact that Mark says that this perfume was made of pure nard, and nard was made from the root of a plant that was primarily found in India, certainly reinforces that. This perfume, as Mark notes for us in verse 3, was very expensive. And all of that makes what the woman does with it remarkable. Mark says that she broke the alabaster jar and poured the perfume on Jesus' head. Jesus, remember, said in Mark chapter 8, Verse 34, that whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross 
and follow me. And we certainly see this woman living into that here. She had something that was tremendously precious and valuable. And yet she made no effort to give any less than every drop to Jesus. And through that, she shows us what it looks like to love sacrificially by living from a place of abundance as opposed to living from a place of scarcity. Now, as inspiring and as compelling and as beautiful as all of that is, it's also convicting. The woman's actions here are also convicting because I know, at least for me, if I'm honest, I'd be trying to be a bit more judicious with the precious perfume. You know, I'd be trying to be generous for sure, or maybe more accurately to appear generous, but I'd also be trying to preserve some right? to hold on to a little bit for the safety and for the security that it provides. But this woman shows us that sacrificial love eschews all of that. Sacrificial love is is unabashed. It's generous and generous to the very last drop. Sacrificial love is costly. Now, as sacrificial love is costly, something else that we see from this story is that it also elicits criticism. Sacrificial love elicits criticism. Listen again to Mark chapter 14, verse 4. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. And so Mark makes it clear in those verses that the woman's actions made very little sense to some of the people that were watching all of this unfold. They saw what she did as a waste of the perfume because it was worth so much. And not only did they see it as a waste of the perfume, they also had better and more sensible ideas about how it could have been used instead. In their minds, it could have been sold and the money given to the poor, as opposed to it being poured out over Jesus's head. And verse five says that they rebuked the woman harshly as a result. Now, one of the things that it can be easy for us to do as modern readers of the Gospels is not to pay enough attention to verses like these. It can be easy uh, just to kind of flatten out the critics here and, and to see them in an overly simplistic way. To see them in the same way that, that we might see the Pharisees and the teachers of the law as simply hopelessly legalistic and stubborn. Or in the same way that we might see the disciples 
simplistically as thick-headed and totally aloof to the things that Jesus is trying to show them and teach them over the course of the years that he walked alongside of them. And so it can be easy for us as modern readers to just kind of dismiss the critics here as the people in the room when all this is happening that just obviously don't get it. And there's a sense in which that that dismissing comes almost naturally for us because we like to identify with the hero of the story. We naturally gravitate towards seeing ourselves or, or we naturally gravitate to want to see ourselves in the woman who pours the perfume on Jesus. And we focus, we tend to focus our attention there. But the reality is that when we do that, we can miss so much that God has to say to us through the scriptures. Because truth be told, if we're willing to look, we will see a lot of ourselves in the Pharisees. If we're willing to look, we'll see a lot of ourselves in the disciples. And same thing is true in this text. Because if we're willing to look, I'm guessing that probably all of us at some point have, like the critics, questioned the motives behind an act of generosity. I'm guessing that probably all of us at some point, like the critics, have sought to make ourselves feel better about our own inaction by justifying some other better or more worthy cause or recipient for an act of generosity. I know that I have. That's the struggle that we face with the flesh. But we only see that other side to loving sacrificially if we're willing to press into the parts of these stories that might not necessarily enable us to see ourselves in the most flattering light. And to press in and consider where the criticism that is levied here and, and where the shaming of this woman for what she does with her perfume comes from and how we too can be prone to responding in the same way. And how by doing that, we can actually discourage or inhibit or frustrate acts of sacrificial love by getting either our own selves and our own egos in the way or by reinforcing cultural narratives that are in conflict with the values of the kingdom. And all of that is important to see because that's the stuff that loving sacrificially in the way that this woman does stirs up. That's the stuff that gets stirred up when the values of the kingdom crash into the values of the culture. Sacrificial love elicits criticism. 
and it elicits criticism because it's upside-down behavior often defies the common sense of the broader cultural values. So sacrificial love is costly. Sacrificial love elicits criticism. And then something else that we see in this story is that sacrificial love acts with urgency. Sacrificial love acts with urgency. As the woman is absorbing the rebuke from the the detractors who were there, the recipient of this gift of sacrificial love, Jesus, intervenes on her behalf. And Jesus tells them to leave her alone because she has done a beautiful thing to him. Listen to what he says then in verse 7. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. The poor you will always have with you, Jesus says. And you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. And so for Jesus, you know, part of what makes the woman's action beautiful is that neither she nor her critics will always have him. Jesus, of course, is referring there to his very imminent journey to the cross, And so there's a sense of urgency that that Jesus is definitely affirming here. That the woman is not saving her expression of sacrificial love. She's not saving her unabashed generosity for some unknown time in the future or for some other more generalized cause like serving the poor, which although undeniably important and undeniably close to the heartbeat of God, is something that, as Jesus points out, can always be done. And what Jesus wants the woman's critics to see here is that for all of their posturing about what she should do, for all of their posturing about serving the poor, they're missing something that's right in front of them. They're missing something that's right in front of them that this woman has seen and responded to, and that something is Jesus himself. And then something else that makes what the woman does here beautiful to Jesus is that she did what she could. She did what she could. And so the woman didn't wait to do something until she had everything figured out or until she had the perfect expression. She didn't overthink it. She didn't get stuck doing the math of counting the cost. She simply used what she had in the moment. She saw Jesus 
and responded with sacrificial love. And so there's an urgency to what she does that's almost instinctive. That sacrificial love doesn't wait. It does what it can. And it does it now. Sacrificial love acts with urgency. Now, not only do the woman's actions represent a beautiful thing in the present moment of this story, but Jesus also reveals that they have an enduring impact as well. Jesus says in Mark chapter 14, verse 9, Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And here we are. You're talking about what this woman has done, just as Jesus said, as we consider our calling as his followers. Now, Jesus importantly reminds us here that while there may indeed be costs to loving sacrificially and present tense costs to loving sacrificially, expressions of sacrificial love are memorable ultimately and have an impact and significance that resonates for eternity. Expressions of sacrificial love are memorable and have an impact and significance that resonates for eternity. And so when we love sacrificially, like this woman in the story, we animate the gospel itself. That is the power of loving sacrificially. That's the power of what we've been called to as followers of Jesus. And so may God's spirit give us the courage to do that. May God's spirit give us the courage to love sacrificially. The courage to absorb the costs. The courage to absorb the criticism. And the courage to respond with urgency. And may the good news of God's unconditional love be visible now and for eternity as we do that. Would you pray with me? As we close this morning and say farewell to 2020, and as we say farewell to a year that has been so unexpected and different and surreal and so difficult in every way, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And as we consider our calling 
in light of that, to love sacrificially in the way of Jesus. As you look ahead into the new year and consider the woman's actions in this story and Jesus' commendation of them, how is God inviting you to love sacrificially? How is he inviting you to love sacrificially in abundance? What precious thing is God inviting you to pour out generously onto others? Father, we thank you for the gift of this story today. For the way that it so beautifully animates the love that is at the very heart of your character and the love that's at the very heart of the mission of your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the calling that you have given to us to love sacrificially. And Father, would you give us the courage to live into that calling? Would you show us the precious things that we can pour out generously and sacrificially? as an expression of your love. In Jesus' name, amen.